0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of our podcast. We're doing something special today as we near the end of 2022. Oh my God, Rachel, we're at the end of this year.
1: I am not sure where this year has gone what better way to look back on this amazing, interesting year than to take a little walk down memory lane and at some of our favorite moments with some of the world's best human beings that have joined us on the show this year. We have had so many incredible, phenomenal conversations with some cleared employers. If you, by chance, have missed any of those episodes, and you better not have, don't worry, because we've got a list of some of Our favorite insights queued up to share with you today.
0: Yeah, that's what's so great about all of the phenomenal people that we've talked about. We've had some great laughs, we've heard dogs barking, we've had all kinds of fun things, but we've also had some really good insights. So I'm going to take us back to the beginning of one of our first episodes our conversation with Mike Barnum, senior recruiter at Raytheon Technologies. And this one is memorable for me, not only because Mike is a great guy that I love talking to, but he always has great advice for job seekers because he's so passionate about recruiting and, and really getting into those candid conversations with candidates. But he touched on that really interesting topic that everyone shies away from, salary, salary,
1: it is such a hot, hot topic. And, you know, sometimes can be a little controversial, but Mike did such just an incredible job of really framing it in a way where candidates could walk away and understand how to deal with those salary discussions. Let's roll the clip.
2: I talked to this candidate two, three weeks ago and, um, first security security role she was applying to some roles and I, I i always just generally, I'm very transparent about compensation, salary. Some people bugaboo about it. Some people uncomfortable about it. I live in that space. That's that's my space. Um, so I just ask, you know, what are you looking for? Um, what are you hoping to get out of that next role compensation-wise, salary-wise, co- total compensation-wise? Um, and a lot of times in this market, people are just throwing out big numbers just because and my auto responses. That's great. I don't think I'm going to be able to meet that compensation. The role you applied to is realistically going to be in this range. Is that something that you would consider if we decided to move forward? Um, and we had a discussion about, you know, our partners program, our benefits. Let's look at total compensation. And at the end, she, you know, we got into a ballpark range that she was comfortable with. She interviewed last week, Friday. I get an email. Hey, she's a rock star start the offer. So I called her today. We had that discussion again, just to sync up. Um, and I was like, hey, based on your interview, you impress the team a little more so that normal range I gave you, we've got more flexibility on looking at your experience against the rest of the team. I can make you a more aggressive offer than we talked about. So that candidate believed in herself and said, you know what? I, I can take that range. I accept that range. I'm going to you know, kick butt in the interview. And she did. And she absolutely did. And we've got we've got her a good offer in writing now. Um, And the opposite side of that is I had the same initial interaction with the candidate two weeks ago, Um, told her, told him this this range here it is and come to offer. Well, I didn't think about him getting a small raise. Well, I didn't think about this. Well, and, you know, like two offers later, you know, he was about twenty thousand dollars off where we had initially talked and. You know, at that point, it was, hey, this isn't going to be a good fit. Uh, In this market, you just see people going for big numbers. So I really like people, candidates, to to think through what they need. You know, like there's no problem with not understanding because that happens sometimes. Like if I'm reaching out to you and trying to pull you out of a job – I don't expect you to have all that thought through on that first conversation when I put you in. but if you apply to our job, I am kind of working under the impression that you are looking for another job, that you want to go after another job. At the very least, you're you're open to it, right? You're applying, I'm talking to you. So when people change their salary target continually later in the process, that's great. But, you know, um, and and to the fault of the industry, some recruiters still hold their their salary information tight to the chest. It's it's a negotiating tactic. But quite frankly, I don't I don't play that game. I'm very upfront about salary. I don't go back and forth. We win when everyone is transparent. This process is smooth when everyone is transparent. If you need 120k, that's awesome. Let's see what we can do for you. If you need 80k if you need 200 that's great but every role we have doesn't pay that so my managers are happier when I deliver candidates that say that they can close on and I tell my candidate or my managers with confidence I'm not going to screen anyone through that won't accept our offer you know there are some people out there that get intimidated by salary and say I don't think I should ask for that much when you absolutely should and there are some people that have too much confidence I'm asking for that I'm like you have no business asking for that. I mean, and every business is different too. So you see Glassdoor and you see, you know, LinkedIn stats and things about the salary and things like that, but not everyone gives up their salary information and a job at like a startup versus a job at, you know, a giant company, two different salary ranges that you're working with, two different forms of total compensation. So every, so while somebody's working at a small company with 10 people, you might make a lot more, but you're going to do a lot more. When it comes to salary, just the more transparency, the better, the more honesty, look at what you need, look at where you need to be. And if we could do it, we'll find a way to.
0: Again, great advice from Mike Barnum. Rachel, what's another clip we should look back on?
1: Oh, there's so many. Don't make me choose. Okay, I'll choose. So it was one of our Early episodes, the incredible Meg Duba, who talked about Idaho National Laboratory, it still just resonates so fresh in my mind today. I mean, who can forget that amazing relocation package they offer? no cap, whatever it costs. It just simply, it is what it is. But aside from that great moving expense benefit, I really think about the care that Meg shared in building their career path for their employees.
3: You know what? Let's hear it from Meg. We are very much interested in building people up from within. Um, Not only do you get to kind of tweak and mold the way you want them to, but I think that it also does a really... A really good job for creating some sort of loyalty, right? Um, now, what I will tell you, too, is that we actually have an entire group. And if you go to them and you say, this is what I want my career to look like in five years and in 10 years, they actually will create, it's called uh, my development journey, and they will help create a path for you. And this is the steps you need to go to get to this point, And this is what you need to do to get to this point. So, um, it's that important to us that we actually have a whole entire group dedicated just to helping you get to the point where you want to be in your career. Um, now it's also a really awesome opportunity to grow within the company because you already know people you're in there. One of my coworkers in group A just interviewed for a job in group B <laughs> and they are, they have nothing to do with one another. But because of the ability to work closely and uh, create these relationships and and gain knowledge that is adjacent to something that you want to do, um, that is a really awesome way for people to get promoted and kind of move around within the lab. One of the the recruiters that actually worked getting me hired is one who actually works in the the team that helps you with your development journey now. We paid for her master's degree to go into a different area. She moved over there and um, she's thriving over in that area now. So we're we're very supportive of building and creating and, and developing people from within.
0: That was a great pick, Rachel. It's always good to hear about companies that will help their employees build a career path. But on another note, there's a topic that always gets me super excited.
1: I know what it is, and I bet it has four paws and a wet nose. Okay. (laughs) No. Maybe not, but I think I know where you're going with this. Are you going to pull up that episode that has something to do with... Space?
0: How did you know? Of course, I couldn't resist. Doo, 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 doo. I was so excited to talk with Kitty Maves of Geologics because she recruits for space among other areas. I mean, no commuting in space. Here's what she had to say when I asked her about some of the different categories of being in space. <laughs> and there's our puppies. Puppies go in space. <laughs>
4: So, you know, there's different parts. So you have ground control, which, of course, is m- maintaining the equipment either as it gets there in the vehicle or once it's there the, in, the, in the payload, which they consider the payload would be the, the satellite equipment. So once the satellite's there, then um, you have a ground control that maintains the satellite once it gets there. So you have the ground control that's why it's in the vehicle. And then once it gets there, then you have operations. There's the commercial side of operations and then there's the defense side of operations. Uh, I can say there's 20,000 objects in space. Uh There could be more, but I could say there's 20,000 objects in space that we want to maintain. And some of them are working and some of them are not. <laughs> and, you know, and so, <laughs> and it's an ongoing, right? It's kind of exciting because you... Recognize how much we really think about it. I mean, who buys a map anymore when you go to get a car rental, right? I mean, you can't even get a map. It's like even hard to get. So it's like we use GPS for everything now. We use our cell phone, you know, just think about cell phone reception compared to what it used to be even five years ago. You know, all of that's from satellite communications. Um, The plus side is there are a lot of uh, upgrades that are happening because of the Space Force. You know, that was needed. my, my great grandfather was there, um, uh, during World, during World War I and he, he, and during after World War II, he helped make the bill in Congress for the Air Force. So, you know, he really, you know, recognized that it's a separate entity. You know, it's a separate space that we have to be willing to put resources to. Otherwise, it's kind of like each person treats it as if it's not their responsibility to maintain it. So, you know, being able to go as one force and say we're going to be able to maintain equipment, whether it's coming from Army, Navy, or the Air Force, you know, really let us as one make a decision instead of dividing decisions on what we're going to do, and and it's become more and more imperative that we protect space, um, commercial and and also defense. So cool, but I've got another clip that I think
1: will even bring a. Bigger smile to your face, Kathleen. This is one from Jen, who is the Talent Acquisition Director at SAIC Space Business Unit.
0: Ooh, yeah. She had some really cool things to say about NASA and robots. If memory serves,
1: I believe you asked her about some of the opportunities at SAIC that are unique to the Space Business Unit that people probably weren't aware of. Jen? Jen?
5: Over to you. So we're actually expanding um, to serve as more of a mission integrator. Um, So basically that means we're expanding the type of work that we do. Um, And so we're looking for some different skills and experience that we may not have traditionally looked for in the past. So some of the areas are like GPS, um, Intel space, manned space flight, um, prototype development for like small on orbit robots, climate and weather. Um, space mission training, AR and VR. We're developing entire satellite constellations. And then we're doing space demand um, awareness. So, you know, like you mentioned already, Kathleen, a lot of the opportunities and programs we can't really talk about in this environment. But I will talk to you about a pretty cool program that we're doing at NASA Goddard. Um, and basically, we are building robots that are going to go up to space and they will be refueling a satellite while it's in orbit. So it's orbiting around the earth, right? And so that that orbit can stay in constellation where it would, would have been decommissioned otherwise. So we are, um, which is pretty cool. I mean, it's, uh, definitely cutting edge and listening to the engineers talk about that and like seeing demos of, you know, how precise you need to be in order for it to ca- connect to the satellite. Pretty interesting.
0: What an out-of-the-world job opportunity. I always love hearing about what's going on in space. Another topic I'm always happy to discuss as a veteran-owned company is the resources that employers offer transitioning military and veteran job seekers. Rachel, do you remember our episode with Sharif? Oh, I sure do. There was so much
1: goodness in that one. Sharif, he's with on Solutions, which is a federal arm of Answer Advisory. They do something special at Marcon
0: to help those veteran candidates. You know, they do something that I've heard other companies do, but they do it so well. They actually bring in service buddies to the interview process to make the path easier for transitioning service members. Let's hear what they have to say about the process.
6: We're big believers uh, and understand the importance of investing in veteran talent and appreciate the work ethic and the resilience of the uh, veteran workforce. And um, so we, we are involved in a number of different efforts that uh, ultimately help us build up pipelines of, of veteran talent. Uh, but when we're working with transitioning or recently transitioned veterans, uh, we often pull in mm-hmm. one of our veterans uh, from a similar branch to talk through their experience with the company, and kind of make the company a little more uh, relatable, uh, where the you know transitioning uh, service member uh, is able to uh, see a, a real life uh, example of of somebody that was in their shoes two or three years ago, and that story ends up being you know quite powerful, and ultimately enables us to lure some of the best uh, veteran talent that's out there
1: just love the idea of having a service buddy during the interview process. Maybe I could just get a buddy in real life. Oh, wait, I have one. It's Kathleen. Yay! That reminds me not only of my sweet friend Kathleen, but also reminds me of another great buddy program we've learned about this season. Shannon Donovan with BDO Public Sector mentioned how they use the onboarding
0: buddies. Let's listen back to what Shannon had to say.
7: First impressions count at BDO. We want to create a pleasant atmosphere for our people, so right from the start, folks are involved in uh, kind of a welcome, welcome training session, and they've got some time to assimilate to BDO. They, they've got time to ask questions, be participate in specific training on kind of what what work life is about at BDO. They're provided an onboarding buddy when they. Join So they can reach out and ask questions about how to record their time or how to take PTO, what the procedures are, uh, or if they've got a training question, they can ask that. They're also provided the career advisor. So this is a formal assignment in BDO with someone senior to you that you can work with to help navigate your career. Uh, It's someone you can confide in, share your goals and objectives, get feedback, honest feedback and work with that person throughout your time there. And as you grow in your career there, you'll get more senior career advisors who can kind of take you to the next level or guide you and coach you through that process. So it's not a place to come to where you're kind of on your own to have to figure it out. We like to think we surround people with a lot of support uh, from day one and throughout their career.
1: From service buddies to onboarding buddies, career advisor, We've talked about some cleared employers in the community that are doing some really incredible things for employees.
0: Definitely. Which cues up my last pick perfectly. When we talked with Mark from St. Michael's, they're actually an employee-owned company. Let's hear from Mark and what that means for their employees.
8: We are employee-owned we work for a CEO who believes that the wage gap in our country is, is very wide between haves and have-nots. And it's, and it's growing wider and wider every single day. And so you would ask yourself, you know, what does a company have 150 people? What, what can they possibly do about that global, uh, and national problem? Well, he, he recognized that he can do something about it and he can, um, make employee owners out of his uh, employees. So back in 2016, we became officially an employee-owned company. And what that meant was um, the CEO turned over a portion of his equity in the company over to the employees, the people that helped him build the company that got to that point. And so this is an ongoing thing. It wasn't a one-time transaction back in 2016. Every single year, we get to share in our successes and potentially in our failures. There's a stock price that gets um, issued on an annual basis by an appraiser, an independent appraiser, and um, employees earn shares of stock in our company by putting in their time with us. So just like you would at any other company, you work for us uh, for an entire year and you meet certain criteria. Um, in exchange for your time with us, you earn these shares of stock. There's no financial transaction on the employee's part. They're not forking over uh, cash or writing a check. They're earning those shares with their time. And this is a secondary form of retirement benefit. So in addition to the 401k with a 4% company match like we offer, the employee ownership stake that one earns in, in the company is an additional secondary retirement. The purpose is we want you to stay with us for the long term. It's a long term benefit. And so we hope that people stay with us all the way up until retirement. And if they do, they're going to see some pretty significant uh, cash in that ESOP account that they normally would not have had working at a non-employee owned company. But at the end of the day, that's, that's ultimately what it's all about is spreading out, um, the equity shares in our firm to as many people that want to be a part of this as, as possible.
1: you're such a good picker, Kathleen, and what an incredible company to be part of. But before we go, before we leave 2022 behind, let's end with a little bit of some comical greatest hits. Most recruiters have stories about their crazy interview experiences, and we would not be doing our job if we didn't bring some of those to you today.
0: Oh, yes. I remember in a recent episode with Molly O'Boyle talked about a video interview where a parrot flew on the shoulder of the woman she was interviewing, and the parrot just stayed there and participated in the interview. Which was pretty incredible.
1: But do you remember the one with Daryl Epley over at Jacobs? (laughs) I still, I don't know if I have nightmares or fondly remember this story, (laughs) but I won't spoil it. Here's the scoop straight from the parrot, I mean, horse's mouth.
8: Previous company, we had a hiring manager, program manager conducting an interview on team. So everybody had their video on and uh, you could tell the candidate was in his bedroom with his bedroom in the background. Uh, As the interview was progressing, we started noticing there was somebody in the bed and probably towards the end of it, uh, his girlfriend actually stood up and she wasn't dressed appropriately. In, for the interview. So I, th- I think you kind of got to be you know, aware of your surroundings when you turn on the camera.
1: I said it then and I'll say it again. Check your backgrounds, my friends.
0: <laughs> yes, please control your environment as best as you can during video interviews. I'll leave it at that. It so
1: much fun. It has been such an incredible, enlightening season jam-packed with some great advice and some just incredible insights from our cleared employers and friends.
0: We'll be back in the new year with brand new episodes featuring more employers you may want to work for. Until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye.